welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, good morning, Rich, and thanks for being on the podcast. Looking forward to talking with you. Good morning. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so, Rich, you're a pediatric nef- nephrology specialist yes. <laughs> and um, so that's working with um, kidneys right that's right yeah okay yeah, children that have kidney disease yep right and so what d- drew you in that direction that's a pretty specialized um, mm-hmm. thing it seems like yeah it's it's pretty specialized for sure but um, so you know going through medical school and residency you kind of get exposed to a lot of different areas of medicine. And um, I did my my residency in both pediatrics and internal medicine. So that, that means both doing um, child health as well as adult medicine. And so I had a lot of options to subspecialize if I chose to. And I was interested in lots of different things. Like I, I was interested in the heart, you know, cardiology and critical care and hematology and all these things. But nephrology kind of um, won me over because, um, well, the for one thing, the physiology of the kidney is just incredibly amazing. And mm-hmm. it's hard to explain that exactly why that is. But there's so much going on inside the kidney that, um, that you don't have to think about, obviously, because it's just being automatically regulated all the time. But there's a lot that happens at sort of the, the cellular and the molecular level that's pretty fascinating. And then from the clinical standpoint, um, kidney disease is just fascinating because it, it affects so many other organ systems and it, it can be such a serious condition. And, you know, and there are ways uh, that we have today to help um, help people that have kidney disease, like kidney transplantation, which is just a fascinating field, and dialysis. And, and so I just felt like there was a lot of impact that you could have. And, and working with kids in that area, was just, it felt like there's, that even um, magnifies the impact because you, you can save so many years and decades of, of life and, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of a roundabout answer, I guess. But it, it just basically, it was just fascinating to me. And I just I really enjoy it. And I just like helping the kids as much as I can. Cool. Mm-hmm. So we've talked before, and what's interesting <clears throat> to me about you is your journey into Christianity and then out of Christianity. Uh-huh. So a conversion and then a deconversion. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think if I remember right, you mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. like an adult when you converted into Christianity, mm-hmm. which is kind of different. A lot of people grow up mm-hmm. in it, you know, and, and so mm-hmm. forth. But so did you grow up in a religious family at all? No, I didn't. Okay. So my my um, background is uh, Judaism. You know, my, okay, my, wow. my family or my ethnicity is Judaism. But I was never really raised Jewish in the sense that we didn't learn much about it. We didn't practice many of the traditions. It was just kind of one of those things that it's like part of your your heritage or whatever. So you didn't go to synagogue and stuff like that? Not often. Okay. I mean, maybe on special occasions, but not on a regular basis ever. And uh, so I grew up being a non-believer. And um, 
being very, very skeptical about religion of any type, whether it was the Jewish religion or Christianity, which I really did not know much about at all growing up. And then did you believe that there was a God? or was No, it? I didn't okay. believe there was a God. Okay. In fact, I, I believe there was not a God. Okay. I, I was quite sure about that. Okay. But I don't think I ever used the, the term atheist when I was a, a kid. Like, I don't even know if I knew what that term was for sure or okay. heard of it. Right. I just kind of was a non-believer. That's just the way I, I thought about things. And I had a very scientific sort of point of view as a kid. Like, I was really fascinated with, you know, physics and outer space and and those kind of things. And the, the deep questions, you know, I thought about that, like, well, where did the universe come from? And what, you know, what's the meaning of life? You know, I, I thought about that from sort of the science point of view. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so the meaning of life, that's kind of like a philosophical <clears throat> question, but Absol- even yes. as a young person, you were thinking about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I was always a kind of a deep thinker in that way. Okay. And the the, um, the books that I would read or things of that nature, they, they kind of uh, were along those lines. Like, well, what, you know, where did everything come from? Why are we here? What is the purpose of things? And, and it was all, you know, stuff I read was from a, a non-religious or a very secular viewpoint. Right. So it was like Carl Sagan and, you know... Um, and thinkers like that, that were scientists. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what did you, how did you feel about all that? Were you pretty <clears throat> happy and content with um, that viewpoint of life and everything? I would say so. Okay. There did not seem to be any discrepancy or concern that that was not a good viewpoint. I mean, it made sense to me, I think. Okay. All right. And then... At what point did, you know, uh, you enter into Christianity? How did, how did that happen? Yeah, so I, I get that that's sort of a weird transition for, for most people maybe, but maybe not, I don't know. And, and so, you, you know, you said I was an adult when that happened, but in a way I don't feel like I was a complete adult. I was probably in my early or mid-20s, I guess, okay. um, which now looking back at, at this point in time in my life, that doesn't seem like adulthood anymore. But I was in medical school, uh, so I had um, I'd been in medical school, and, and I think the thing that started to make me question my worldview a little bit was I had all these friends in medical school that, you know, I really liked and I respected them, and, and some of them were, com- you know, completely brilliant people, and they were also, you know, scientifically minded like I was, but many of them were um, religious, like they had a strong religious viewpoint, um, whether it was like Christianity or, or Catholicism uh, in particular or that kind of thing. Um, I didn't understand it. Like I, I couldn't understand, like, how could these people be so smart and yet have this very, in my, in my uh, view at that time, a very backwards type of um, worldview about how things work. Like it, it seemed like there were, there was a discrepancy. There were two different things going on in their, in their mind. And um, so I just wanted to investigate that more and try to understand it. And in the process of doing that, um, talking to these people, and then I eventually got uh, started talking to some people that were in a church, basically. And it was kind of like a very non-denominational type of church, I think. And they were just very open to questions and, and that kind of thing. And, and just over time, 
I just learned more about Christianity in particular. Like, I don't think it had to have been Christianity necessarily. It might have even could have been Judaism, I suppose, or, or, or I don't know if it could have been like Islam or not, but maybe not. But, but anyway, I, I started to learn more about the Christian Bible and um, talking to these people and getting more involved with them. And I just kind of, over some period of time, um, felt like I was a Christian. Like, I, I just kind of believed it. And I can't really even explain why that happened or how that happened in particular, but it did happen. So, were you reading the Bible? Oh, yeah. Okay. And um, <clears throat> what were your thoughts about it? Like, Well, you- my thoughts were that... Um, the Bible, like if you read it cover to cover, doesn't really make that much sense, I don't think. But there are parts of it that are very beautiful and parts of it that that uh, resonate with certain, certain uh, values and things and other parts that just don't really make sense at all. But it's very easy to um, ignore those parts that don't make sense and just... And just say, well, we can't, we don't understand that. We're too, we're too human to understand what God was telling us at, at that point or something. And that's kind of the explanation that these people would would give me, like, well, there, you know, there's meaning behind it. it. Doesn't necessarily mean what it what it says or or something of that line. So it was just easy to fall into that um, that mode of thinking where that was just like, oh yeah, there's these really beautiful parts, and it's all about love, and it's all about forgiveness and um, acceptance and all these things and um, I think that's the way I internalized it Um, and the parts that did not seem scientific to me well yeah it's not meant to be a science book it's not meant to be literal I mean for some people I guess it really is meant to be literal but that's never the way I would have thought about it at all Um, and so I was able to accepted by saying, yeah, these parts are not meant to be taken literal. There's some meaning behind it. Maybe I don't understand the meaning completely. Maybe with more, you know, learning or, or whatever, I will eventually understand that better. I hope yeah. to. Um, and so that's how I, I came into it. And that's sort of the way I, um, I uh, viewed it at that point. Right. So it sounds like there wasn't like a moment where you had like a conversion experience, but more of you just kind of through the influence of people and your own immersion in it, it just kind of grew on you and you started to identify with it. Is that kind of? I think that's fair because um, I've heard of people who they went up into the mountains and they saw a beautiful waterfall and they suddenly fell on their knees and they thought, oh yeah, God is, is there. And that was not my experience at all. It was more of an intellectual journey for me. Okay. Hmm. All right. And what did you think of it all? Like, um, did you, was it satisfying? Did you enjoy it? Um, um, I would say I did. Like, it, I think it was satisfying, satisfying in a sense that I felt, I guess I felt a little bit of a connection with uh, the group I was with, you know, like right. there was a... Um, a social aspect to it that maybe I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And it was satisfying in the sense that I'm learning about love and, um, you know, just all these higher things that are beyond us or whatever. Um, but there was, there was always the part of my mind where it's like, I still have to bend the rules a little bit. Like, I know this is not how the universe was really created. 
I mean, it wasn't the way it's described in Genesis. I believed in, you know, the scientific explanation for the universe, like the Big Bang and those kind of things. Did the group that you were with, did they... um Take, um, did they believe in the Big Bang? And I don't science? think so. Okay. In, I mean, I, I can't say all of them were exactly the same in their beliefs, but I think in general, that was not exactly what they thought. Okay. So they were a little bit more like fundamentalist. Yeah, I think so. And, okay. and uh, later on, I was in other churches as I moved to different cities. And in, in particular, I mean, we, we can get to this, but, you know, I, I met my, my future wife in medical school and and she was also of, uh, she was a Christian background. She was Catholic, but she wasn't really um, practicing Catholicism. She was kind of, um, I don't know, I disillusioned with a lot of it, I guess. And so she was kind of interested in what I was, <coughs> excuse me, what I was doing. And we went to this church in the places we lived. And I would say that at those places, I loved the community. It was really great. The people were really nice. But they were people that um, did not believe in evolution. They did not believe in, you know, the Big Bang, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just had to accept that they they understand spirituality. They don't understand science. I get I get it. They mm-hmm. that's fine. I understand science, and they don't. But they understand something I I don't, and I'm that's what I'm trying to take away from what they can offer me. Right. So, uh, how long were you in uh, the Christian faith then? Um, I would say it was. Approximately 12 years or so. Wow, that's a pretty good <clears throat> length of time. That's a pretty good run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, uh, well, then what happened that brought you out of it? Yeah, and just as, almost as mysteriously as I fell into it, I kind of fell out of it. And mm-hmm. so, again, there was not like a, a deconversion experience or, or something like that. Um, but I would say that my, my wife and I, we were going to this church. We lived in, um, in Clovis, California at the time, and we had this really wonderful church. Like, I loved it. It was fun, and um, I liked going. And, um, and I even, you know, tried to get to know the pastor there, and we, we would have these intellectual conversations oh, really? every once in a while where he wanted me to teach him a little bit about evolution because he didn't get it and, and stuff like that. And so... I did have a, a good time there, and our kids were little, and they went to the like the children's ministry there and stuff. But um, over some period of time, which I don't know exactly how long it even took, but I just started to realize, like, you know what? Why am I bending the truth for me? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me, actually. Like, even the science stuff, like, I, okay, I, I can accept they don't get the science, but even the other fundamentals of Christianity, I just... I don't think I believe that anymore. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And, like the supernatural things? Yeah, any of the supernatural things. And um, and it just uh, it just kind of happened where I flipped back to kind of how I was before, mm-hmm. you know, before I was uh, joining that group in medical school, I guess. And, and it's like, you know what, this makes, this feels so much more comfortable. Like, I under, like this makes sense to me mm-hmm. that this is the way the world really is and why... Why would I need it to be any different? Like, why do I need to live forever and eternity? Like, that's just not the way it is. And and I just, I think I can accept that I will die one day and I will not be uh, conscious of anything else ever again at, at that point. But, um, you know, and, 
and and then I also realized that well, I don't you don't need that to do good in the world and to love your neighbors and to um, you know try to make the world better today than it was yesterday and those kind of things like that's not a necessary um, requirement for for being a good person and and so. I don't know what happened, and, but it, it kind of happened. And I was very actually worried about um, how my wife would take it because, mm-hmm. you know, she was always a believer, actually. Mm-hmm. And we, we got kind of got together be, based on... Is she still a believer? Uh, I think so. We're okay. not married anymore. Okay. <laughs> we, okay. we are divorced for um, almost three, no, almost four years, actually. And, um, and so I don't know too much about sure. about what she's doing anymore. I I think um, I think for sure she's probably believes in God. Okay. I don't know if she a, she practices like a um, religion right. in, in that sense, but mm-hmm. um, but I think that was that did hurt hurt our marriage actually because it was like um, I don't know it was like unfair in a way you know like well we got together and we were this way and now I've changed and um, and so. You know, I never wanted to hurt her, obviously. I just right. wanted to be true to myself. And I felt like, finally, I was being true to myself. Right. Yeah. I guess I can kind of relate to... So I come from the Christian perspective. And what I can relate to is, um, you know, just being... Um, when, the experience of... Why can kind of feel what it must feel like the experience of like when you're pushing against something and then you it becomes comfortable when you just you know kind of let that go and just kind of become more true to what you believe um so i um so i wonder for me if it would be the other way like you know Mm -hmm. but um okay so so you're um Kind of back to where you were before everything, um, and now, um, but now you have a lot more knowledge about what the Christian faith is all about. Oh, I learned so much, and I'm yeah. very grateful for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about your? Um, so, did you disengage while in? communication with your pastor or church community where you were explaining uh, to them, hey, I'm just not believing this anymore, or was it more of a private thing on your own? It was a private thing. I I never really even told them that was the case. In fact, I didn't even tell my wife it was the case until a bit after the fact. So you were still attending church for a while Um, as an unbeliever? I think we were maybe not as often or as frequently. And I think she recognized that, but I don't think she understood what was going on in my head. And I was, and that was because I was just afraid to say something, yeah. which I think I might have handled that differently now than I did then. But um, that didn't really come out to her until we had moved back from California back here to St. Louis, and um, we were we were having some some troubles, and so with the move and with other things, and so we were going to marriage counseling, and it came out during the marriage counseling process, okay. and. I think she was totally shocked. Okay. Because I, I I told her right right at that point, like I'm an atheist. I you know, and maybe it wasn't the best way to explain it to her or the most um sensitive way to do that, but that's how it came out. I think it really um I think it really hurt her feelings actually. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it can be shake somebody up. Like, uh, here mm-hmm. I thought I knew this person, but mm-hmm. I didn't really know him like I thought I did. Yeah. Something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from where to go from here, um, I guess there's just the whole idea of um, God or not God. And, you know, you were speaking of like brilliant people, really smart people who were believers. Um, what do you make of all of that? Um, so, from an atheist viewpoint, that's a little stronger than like an agnostic viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Or, so, it's, I guess it's almost, it's not saying that you know for sure there's no God, but it's saying um, this is based on what I understand and so forth. I'm going to live my life and my stand is, is like that God doesn't exist, and you know, until... Yeah. I could be shown differently or something like that. Right? Yeah, no, that's that's actually a good point. So I would say, as a scientist, mm-hmm. I mean, I think um, it's important to, to recognize that we don't have certainty about pretty much anything. Like, there's always a little bit of uncertainty, at least. And so in this view, too, of course, there's quite a bit of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So I would say I'm, in the in the strictest sense, I'm agnostic as to whether there is a God or not. But I do feel that, um, based on my opinion or whatever, that the likelihood of that is so small that I feel I feel like I can just call myself an atheist. That it, that's the way I would live my life. Is I'm not really worried that God's looking over my shoulder or or that I'm going to go to hell or be punished or or whatever those those fears might be. Like I, that's how I live my life. I'm not really worried about that. But if you were to ask me, like, what is what is my certainty? that there is no God, I mean, I can't say it's 100%, but maybe it's 90-something percent or, you know, right. something of that. And um, and so even, I would say, I would even challenge believers that, you know, if they think there's a 100% chance that there's a God, that they haven't thought about it enough. I don't, I mean, I don't know. But but I would also say that I, I would be very accepting of other people's belief systems. I, I know that we all come from different backgrounds and we all have to get through this world in some way. And I'm very sensitive and very understanding of, of that other people have a different belief than I do. And I would want to um, support them and encourage them in their life however I can and not try to challenge them too much in that way. Right. Um, so I agree that we don't live with certainty. So I don't, I don't call it certainty or think of it like that. I kind of think of it as confidence. And um, I think, well, there's reasons to have confidence. I could think, well, there's this or that or whatever. But, um, but it is, uh, there's not certainty in this sense, like in a scientific sense, uh, where you can observe something and like run the experiment and, you know, and so forth. So it's not that type of a, a thing, I don't think, for um, for believers or for um, non-believers. Um, but there's... Um, so yeah, I guess we're all kind of in that same boat 
in a sense. Um, and as far as challenging people, um, yeah, you're, so you're not saying you wouldn't challenge people at all. You're just saying you're not going to be obnoxious about it, like, you know, yes. and um, allow people to make their choices, yeah. even if they don't make sense to you and so yeah. forth. Yeah, if know? people are open to being intellectually challenged as far as having conversation, I'm all good with that. Yeah. But I don't want to be up in people's faces and right. making their, make, giving them a bad day or whatever. Like, that's not what I'm about at all. And so it, I want, you know, everybody to be happy and live their life, but... I would be happy too if if people think about the tough questions a little right. deeper, including myself. Like I, I do not exclude myself from continuing to challenge my my view of the world. Like I think right. that's what uh, a scientific worldview is: is that you're always updating your idea of reality with new data. Right. So, yeah. So I, I've challenged. I think I've challenged myself. Like I, I expose myself to other people's ideas and opinions and one of my uh, favorite podcasts is called Unbelievable it's like with the question mark on the end which makes it easier to find if you're searching for it <laughs> but they put people uh, together like I think Daniel Dennett are you familiar with him? Mm -hmm. Okay yeah. with you know people like him who are atheists mm -hmm. with someone who has a, a Christian perspective and they get them together for, sometimes it's kind of like a debate, or maybe it's more like a, just a conversation much of the time, to just to hear these different ideas and to be challenged by them and so forth. Um, so I, for me, it seems like it's such an important thing. So much is writing on it that it's almost like um, I want to test it, test it, hit it, hit it, hit it over, you know, just like, like, uh, am I sure? Am I sure? And, um, and I'm not sure in like the scientific certainty type of way, but, but still there's that uh, desire to, to challenge it. Um, but also there's the desire to consider, well, because it appeals to me, there's the desire to consider, well, why is it reasonable to believe and to think about those things and to um, grow in that too? So I want to, um, you know, I want to challenge my my beliefs, but I also want to to know um, what are good reasons for believing because the God of um, the Bible appeals to me. And the idea of um, being in relationship with him, and uh, and uh, of being loved by, um, you know, in a shepherdly, fatherly way, by um, uh, a, a God who's you know beyond the the universe and so forth, you know, and all of that, and and just. Um, delight you know there's kind of like a yearning i think sometimes i think a life is just problems and we're handling problems and sometimes they feel like they're getting the upper hand on me and sometimes i feel like well, i'm kind of getting the upper hand on my problems and and when during those times 
um, when I feel like oh, I'm getting things sorted out and I'm kind of like I got these plates spinning but I'm under control and then I realize well what if I were to uh, you know get so good at handling problems that there just weren't any anymore and I just had life by the tail so to speak and it's and I realize that still wouldn't be enough there would still be um, a desire for something um, when there's the the book um, Brave New World um, that I haven't read i just seen the movie but have you read it? Um, I think I have read it I've also okay. seen the movie yes yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like a utopia <clears throat> but you know it's kind still, of a dystopia actually yeah right but there, the impression I get, it's like just having every need met and having no problems, it's not enough, you know? Yeah. So there's, so anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate what you just said. I mean, I think that there are, there are certainly a lot of powerful concepts in religion that resonate with us, like, and maybe different ones for different people that um you know bring some comfort bring some some understanding of what to expect in this life and maybe another life and you know just a, a whole variety of things that i think in our in our human psychology it kind of resonates with that and i think that's why those concepts have persisted like why christianity in particular has lasted whereas maybe lots of other religions throughout time have not lasted because it really does um, fill a certain need we have. But I would also say just because we have a need for something doesn't mean that, um, that that explains the reality of the way things are. Like, like we, may want, we may feel like we need a purpose or we, we need meaning, but that doesn't mean that there is meaning in that sense, in that same sense, or we want a relationship with a higher power like a father figure that also doesn't mean that there is a fa father figure or higher power so i think you have to separate you know what we kind of want from what they're kind of what there is and i think what i've learned is that um you can be a very happy atheist and you can be a very good person as an atheist and you can also be a very unhappy christian and a very bad person as a christian uh, conversely but um, I think from my, from my understanding, there's no meaning in life in, in the sense that we come into it. Like, it, it, there's not there, it's not there for us, but we have to make it for ourselves. Like, we have to do things that give us meaning and give us fulfillment and give us um, the, best, the best kind of life we, we can have for ourselves. And I think that's where other philosophies can come into play that are more secular philosophies um and and so i i don't feel like i have to have um like a relationship with a deity or something like that to to understand my life or or be happy with it i think there will always be mystery of the way the universe is and and that there will probably be things that we just never understand that would have been really cool to know about if we had known that and, and things like that. But I don't see any evidence that there's a supernatural realm 
um, I don't think. I mean, I've had experiences where things seem mysterious and really remarkable and, and things. And, and I, I, I value those experiences for sure, but I don't necessarily feel like that necessarily means um, what some people would interpret it as. So um, I don't know if that answers your question at all, but uh, I, I just think religion is really powerful. It's probably not going to go away no matter how much scientific understanding we develop and how rational we become. I think, I think it, it fills a sort of a gap in our psyche, but that doesn't mean that there's an external reality that matches that. Right. Yeah, so that in itself wouldn't, but it may point to it, perhaps, if there's this longing. Um, and when you're saying, like, uh, finding meaning, like, so there's, it seems to me like there's kind of like two different um, definitions of meaning here. Like, uh, there's the finding fulfillment in life by doing good or uh, making a mark on the world or something like that. That's a type of meaning. But then there's more of the big overarching, like, why are we here type of meaning. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, a little bit of a, a different situation. Whereas I think from an atheistic viewpoint, there, I don't think there would be an answer for that. Well, really. I don't know. I, I think I would challenge that a little bit. Okay. Like, um, may, at a certain point, there may not be the ultimate why. But I think understanding... Uh, like the evolution of life on earth, like how we are here because of uh, lots of historical accidents of evolutionary, um, you know, development and things like that. Like that is fascinating to me. And um, understanding the fundamental physics of maybe why there's a universe and how it came to be, like that answers some of those questions. It's, It's not a purposeful meeting like it wasn't something intended by a conscious entity but but it it gives an explanation on why there is something rather than nothing why there are humans on the earth rather than just no life or just bacterial life or you know things like that like um but it doesn't give the answer to like why i guess i mean it explains how or how it came to be i think so but you know, there's not like, yeah, a, maybe. what's it all about? I mean, what's the purpose of it type of thing? Yeah, I, I could agree with that. But it, but it certainly, we have a lot more understanding about how those things happened and in this, in why in the sense of the mechanisms and things like that than yeah. people had certainly centuries ago. And, of course, the, um, the, uh, the apparent design of nature can be explained through evolution. And so, you know... Um, those arguments, I think, are, are not really good arguments for, for why anymore. But, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't say, like, there was love at the beginning or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and maybe that's um, disappointing to some people. But to me, it's not. Like, I, I, I just, like I said, I, as a kid, I read about how the universe came to be. Like, I always loved that stuff. And, and to me, it's just, it is fulfilling. And, um, but, it, it, yeah, in a different way, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, kind of um, in a different way, you know, like understanding how how it all works and how it all came to be. Um, right. So, um, 
you know, there's like, so there's like, there's the desire, you know, for some, for, for God as he's described in the Bible and, and all of that. And then, um, but there's not certainty, but there are reasons, things you could point to, um, uh, so like you, for, uh, just the existence of God, you know, there's the various philosophical reasons people, you know, argue with and debate with and so forth. And then for the particulars of Christianity, there's, um, I guess that might be more on historical grounds, um, such as, you know, um, you know, making sense historically of the accounts of the resurrection and so forth. Um, so if there's like the, the, this ain't the same as faith, I don't think, but if there's, there, if there's, well, there's this, this great news, um, of, well, of me understanding that I've fallen short of what I should be, you know, so that's kind of something, you know, I don't know from like a, that's something I've experienced. So I think of it as a, a creature fallen short of what I was created to be. And then a God who has loved me and purchased me and, um, you know, and, and just uh, made me his own and so forth. And then I'm being purchased to live as I should be. So there's that. And, and that's kind of more like the desire type of thing. And then meeting with the message of all of that and then thinking well there is these reasons to for that not that they're scientific proof but they're just like reasons um and then it's not so much reasons as in like weighing all these reasons for weighing all these reasons against and then coming up with something um that say well i got to flip this way or flip that way but it's more of just there's reasons and then and then thinking, well, that's wonderful. So, you know, just I'm just ha- happy that there is this thing that I've heard about. So there's kind of that sense of, I guess, th- being in a place of, well, I can't say in, with scientific certainty that it's true or it's not true, but I just think, but it's wonderful news, you know, and um, and maybe uh, you know if it is, that's great. So I don't think that's the same as as like uh, faith, because I think faith is more of like I think of faith as more of a supernatural thing. Like there's some kind of um, awakening and something that happens spiritually, and a person just clings to God, but. But that other thing I was describing seems kind of reasonable um, as far as just, hey, that's good news, you know. Um, And then, but I guess for a person, from your perspective, when you're weighing, well, reasons to believe, reasons not to believe, the reasons not to believe really outweigh the reasons. So you flip that way, whereas another person might... Um, be like, well, I, this is good news, and I, you know, I'm not weighing it the same way you are, and you know, and so forth. You think that's kind of how it is? <laughs> yeah, I think that's very fair. Like, um, 
I think we all give a different weight to certain certain types of information, like because maybe because of how we value that information. And so for someone, maybe if there's only a 5% chance that this could be true, like that's enough to flip them in that, in that direction because, because the, the outcome of having that belief is so important or so meaningful. Whereas for me, a 5%, you know, weight in that direction is not nearly enough at all. And so, um, and I don't judge anybody for that. I mean, I, I, I think that's okay for as long as people have considered that. But I don't see a lot of um, a lot of proof for that. I think it is sort of faith in a way. And I would say that we have faith on almost everything on a daily basis because we don't go through the the complete analytic process and and look at all the data for every decision we make. Like we we do that for almost nothing, and we have to have a little bit of faith in the final outcome that we come to. And that, that is true for even scientific, um, uh, opinions. So, you know, I, I don't go to the, all the basic data on the big bang and try to get a degree in advanced physics to understand it. I, I kind of take the word of the physicists that, that this is, you know, what they think. And I, I have to have some faith that what they're saying is right, even though it's sort of a, um, you know, a, a, um, an understanding that I've, I, I try to understand it as best I can, but I can only come to a certain level there. Right. And that's true for everything, including faith, including religious based uh, information right. that you get from, you know, supposed experts like pastors and the Pope and, you know, all the, all these people that are supposed to have maybe more knowledge or more understanding than I would ever have. And so, um, I, I think that it's both, you know, trying to intellectualize what you can, and then you have to have just a, a little bit of a leap into that that area where you just say, okay, well, I'll never I'll never know 100%, but I'm just going to take this jump right now. And and that, I also think that's not a fixed thing. It's, it's dynamic, or it should be, throughout our lives. That again, is there's more data that comes through. Like you should update that. It's like kind of a Bayesian analysis, really, that you should continue, continually update your, your understanding of the world. And if there was like something very, very convincing, I would be totally open to seeing that and trying to understand it. And I think it could flip me, but I think it, um, my my guess is that will not happen in my lifetime. But but I would not be closed off to that, right. certainly. Yeah. So my thoughts about God is, well, you know, just because something can be explained through natural processes, for me, that doesn't make sense that, well, to exclude God from that, you know, perhaps everything eventually could be explained in that way. And that... So I don't think of it as, like, what that's explaining God away. But um, I kind of think of God as beyond us finding on our own just by the definition of what we mean by God because we are a part of uh, the universe. And by definition of what we mean by the word God, we're talking about a being who's not a part of the universe. So if we are... Like, where can you go and look at something or 
that's not a part of the universe if you are a part of the universe. So it, it seems like the only way for us, uh, if we're creatures in a created universe, the only way for us to, uh, to know God would be through revelation, through him revealing himself to us. Um, so, so I kind of, <clears throat> that kind of makes sense, uh, of like, uh, well, what we do have, you know, um, it's not so much like we are constructing through our reason and stuff to this. And then we come to like this kind of conclusion, um, you know, like we find God or something like that, but more of we think, well, there's prophets who have been stirred up and everyone around him, you know, thought, Hey, this isn't normal, you know, and they listen to him, you know, like, you know, God speaking to the people through uh, other people or through uh, Jesus and, um, and things like that. So, um, anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I think, um, I think if you were to look though, how people viewed that, hundreds of years ago it's different than how you're mentioning it today like people did see the natural world as evidence of god because there was no explanation for what where why does the sun shine and why are there plants and animals and how how does you know gravity work i mean it was all based on because of god and we we know now that there's explanations for those things so our we've changed the question over time like none of our uh, none of us have been alive long enough to to see that that question has changed in our our own lifetime, but I'm pretty certain it, it has. But um, but that's okay. I mean, yeah, I can't say that there's not something beyond the universe. That that certainly would would not be a scientific thing for me to say. But what I would say is that if there is something outside of the universe, and it affects our lives, it has to influence this world in some way. And so there. And that, and that means that it's a scientific question. If something is influencing reality in this reality, then there, it should be testable in a scientific way. Uh, whether there's miracles or, you know, prayer is, is working or, you know, those kind of things. It, it should be um, a question that could be at least investigated from a scientific point of view. And so, yeah, maybe there's another, completely another realm where there are godlike creatures or whatever but if they're interacting with us and they're affecting our lives and they they love us so much and we mean so much to them then their influence here should be recognizable in a in a in a way that we can view it from our modern ways of science i think i could be completely wrong and i'm sure you think i'm completely wrong but that's the the kind of the way i would view it um so I, I, I do think like it's the God of the gaps argument. Like again, hundreds of years ago, everything was explained by God. And that was a great explanation because we didn't have any other explanation. And today those things are getting smaller and smaller. For me, I think the, the best, um, the most reasonable area of science where maybe God could explain things is uh, sort of why is the universe the way it is so that life can exist at all and so that you know stars and planets can exist and then life could be uh could form on them through natural cause in the in the sense because 
it, it does take sort of a, it seems like a right combination of, you know, physical laws and things like that for that to be the case. And that does seem like a very unlikely event or a very unlikely occurrence, I guess. And so that to me seems like the best argument, like the fine tuning argument is what I'm talking about. Um, to me, that's where um, it, it's hard to come up with a good scientific explanation. And so that's really interesting to me. And um, I know scientists have come up with certain um, hypotheses to explain that, like a multiverse where maybe there's, you know, 10 to the 500 universes and they all have a different combination of, of physical laws and we just happen to be in one where we can't exist. But there's no real evidence for a multiverse. So that's, that's still kind of a leap of faith in a sense, which is not very satisfying. Um, so, so I think that is a good place to look for God, I guess. But, but I still think there eventually will be some explanation, most likely, that is more um, in line with the laws of physics or whatever. Do you know what it would take for you to um, <clears throat> be convinced or I don't know? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if God sort of appeared to me, I guess, and, and, and even then I think I would maybe question, am I having a hallucination or something like that? But I think, you know, if, if there was evidence of God appearing everywhere and not just to prophets and that, you know, it's just that it was more like a natural thing, I guess, that we were seeing it and we were hearing it and it was causing some effects in the world. I mean, that seems like it would be good evidence to me. Where um, appearing like visibly, I guess, is what you're saying, right? Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't God do that? Um, I don't know. Like, he, I don't know why God would do I mean, this if it is so that. important that we believe in him, then why is it so... Why does there have to be a leap of faith, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, anything, um, I was just trying to think, like, before going on, um, so... You know, as far as um, God uh, appearing to people, there are like conversion experiences mm -hmm. that are common that, um, you know, uh, so I can tell you, you know, I could tell you about my own experience, but that does seem like, in a sense, um, God appearing to somebody, you know. Um, but that's not appearing, like, visibly. Um, and, like, why would... So your question is, why wouldn't God, like, uh, present himself in some kind of visible manifestation or something like that? Yeah. Where... Um, I think it's yeah. a reasonable question to ask anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something I've thought about, I guess. Um, I mean... From a Christian viewpoint, we think of Jesus as um, 
a revelation of God. Um, I, when people were looking at Jesus, they were looking at a, a human, fully human man. But um, the Christian viewpoint is God was revealing himself to the world um, through Jesus and, um, and, and telling us something about himself. And then through his resurrection. Um, so, anyway. Um, I kind of think of the, the main message of the New Testament as like the kingdom of God has drawn near. Like that was the thing Jesus preached. And when he sent out disciples, you know, like the kingdom of God is at hand. Like it's approaching and God's going to um, bring about justice and set things right and so forth. Um, so, I, you know, I had that written down on my notes here as like, something to bring up like how does it resonate with you and so forth but just here talking with you I can almost think I understand your mindset better so I can kind of um, think of your viewpoint would be probably you can tell me if I'm right or wrong but more of will this progress and um, justice and everything um, that it's what appeals to you more is like the advancement of man um, bringing about um, this relational harmony flourishing type of thing like that so the message that God's kingdom's going to burst on the scene and that um, you know he's going to um, set things right and so forth that probably doesn't have a whole lot of appeal to you, right? Really not at all. Right. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that that view of, um, like, heaven or or even that there is a father figure, that, that really doesn't have any appeal to me, to be honest, for whatever reason. It it, it just doesn't fit with how I, I see the world or the universe, I guess. Yeah. And so it, um, I see that as humans will always be very flawed, but I do see that there has been huge social project progress throughout history. Right. Like, you know, in the time of Jesus, which I believe there probably was a historical Jesus, I think, although I don't have much evidence for that, to be honest. It's sort of a leap of faith, I think. But, um, but at that time in history, things were very violent. Life was very short. There was sickness. There was, you know, disease. There was a lot of cruelty and our life today is so different from that and it and I don't feel like it's due to religion I think it's due to social progress in a secular way that we have um, you know we've come to understand that certain things are just not right for to do to other people like we cannot enslave people we cannot you know um, be cruel to people we have to, you know th that people have basic human rights and and that's those are things that have evolved over time and i think they will continue to evolve even though there's always resistance to that those type of progress being made but um i think things will get better i hope but they'll never be perfect it'll never be like a utopia or an eden i don't think um but i don't know that 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 
is so so bad. I mean, we still have such a capacity to love one another. You know, I love my kids so much. I I hope that I have another partner someday. You know, I'm I'm divorced as I said, but I I think I have a lot of love to offer to someone else and and um and that kind of thing and 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 loving our neighbors too and and just wanting our our friends and our neighbors to be healthy and happy. Like I think that is like pretty amazing and that just comes from who we are as humans, you know, like there's a basic goodness inside of us. And if we um, try to reach that and, and touch bases with it, I mean, we can grow that instead of growing all the, the downsides to humanity as well. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, I accept that this is the world, but I also accept that we can change it for the better if we try hard. Yeah. Well, before wrapping up, Sir, just anything else that you think would be good to bring up? Any questions or topics or comments or just anything at all? No, I, I've really enjoyed um, having the conversation with you and allowing you allowing me to express my viewpoint. I know it's not the same viewpoint as other people, and that's I think that's okay because um, just like you, I think I like to really know what other people think and why they think right. the things they do. So that's just fascinating to me also. So, yeah. so thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, thank you, Rich. Appreciate the conversation. Yeah.